This is Warrior Talk, your weekly information and inspirational business podcast, brought to you every single week by the community of entrepreneurs at freeenterprisewarriors.com. Hi, thanks for coming back. I'm Matt Hayes. And I'm Dave Jenks. Dave, you just recently had a very interesting session that I wanted to talk to you a little bit about today and pick your brain and, and get the information that you shared at this session to share with everybody. You just recently did a session called Sedona Business Wisdom, The Sacred Path of Enterprise. You always have these fun, creative inspiring titles of these programs. So as I always ask you, we'll start here, my friend. What did you do? What's this program about? If they're inspiring titles, they're because they inspire us, you know, as and, and come from this life of experience in, in working with people who have the courage, Matt, and the strength and the stamina and the wisdom to actually be in business for themselves. And so most of the members of Free Enterprise Warriors represent that. They're either in business for themselves or they're free agents, they're contractors, uh, or they're starting and running businesses. Well, as Lori and I came here to Sedona, we realized we were moving here because we loved the feel and the energy of Sedona. And we also believed it was a great birthing place for what we wanted to do with our new our new enterprises. And we got here and we realized there was also a need from the people who are gathered here to be smarter and wiser about business. Mm-hmm. So we said, wouldn't it be neat if we kind of did a something called Sedona Business Wisdom, meaning kind of a play on words that it's the spirit and the kind of high consciousness new age awareness of the Sedona energy applied to business. And then for the people who are in Sedona, the practitioners, the business owners, all the pe- the healers, the you know, yoga specialists, all the people that are here, wouldn't it be neat to bring to them a business perspective? And the reason it was funny, as we've started to talk to people here, we realized, Matt, and this is interesting in the world, a lot of people really don't have a good impression of the word business. Well, why do you think that is? Well, I think it's because they associate associated with a sense of just being money oriented, that it's all about the money Mm. and that it's about kind of the pragmatic and sort of menial, I guess, end of just operating businesses. I don't think that probably a lot of them have not really been aware of or or trained in or their families weren't involved in the world of enterprise or business. Mm -hmm. But what we found in this, Matt, and it's a great thing for people to remember as they talk about what they do, that's why the subtitle on a seminar was The Sacred Path of Enterprise enterprise, because as we talked with people about what we meant by enterprise, they really liked the word enterprise. Yeah. Because as we said to them, enterprise is the definition of it is something to be performed, a work which involves scope, activity, courage. I'm reading the definition of it. Energy, complication, and risk, a bold, arduous, or hazardous attempt. And then it also, it speaks like an, an adjective about people. If they have enterprise, their willingness or eagerness to engage in labor, which requires boldness, promptness, energy, and initiative. So when they got to think, wow, I'm building an enterprise, that sort of touched them more than the idea of building a business. It's almost in a way, how many people leave the business world, especially now with all the different changes going on, and there's a stigma that comes with it because they were so burnt, so used. It's almost, you know, business seems to be correlated with corporate America for some reason. But that enterprise word is something fresh and different and kind of leads into something unique and different and almost inspiring in the way they're kind of feeling as they probably go on this journey. It is. It's more personal. There's more a sense of energy and action and right-mindedness to it. I think you're right. I think that we're kind of in a world where things that 
that have been big, a big business, big government. We feel trapped by by those bureaucracies, mm-hmm. uh, by those regulations and rules, and kind of the and and often they are very uh, materialistic in the sense that they're you know stockholder equity and the return to their investors, and so often they get they stray from what they were originally put together for, that is to serve their customers and their clients. So I think you're right. I think there's been in this particularly this day and age kind of a, a kind of an association of the word business with things that are big and bureaucratic. That makes a lot of sense. Now, how did you take, how does someone who is going down this path has the stereotypical thought of business in their head? How do they shift to that more enterprise, that more free enterprise, more open community personal feel then? Well, I think what they do, Matt, it's a great question. And I think what they do is that's why we get them focused on what we call the sacred path of enterprise. And what we say is remember that what you're engaged in is serving mankind. Whether mm. you're obviously doing that one person at a time, or maybe a local community, or maybe you're just providing services to people who come here and visit Sedona, or come wherever they are, or have needs to buy and sell homes, and those sorts of things that you're you're providing real service. So the very first thing to understand as a business person or as an entrepreneur, a person involved on the sacred path of enterprise, is to understand how powerful that path is. And as part of that, so the first thing I like to do is get them to feel because I think it's important to feel very proud and good about the shift that they've made or the commitment they've made to building their own personal practice or building ultimately their own enterprise. And so I refer them in in the beginning to some very, very powerful words from George Gilder. And I would recommend to anyone who's listening into this, Matt, if they really want to understand the power of free enterprise and of entrepreneurs to read George Gilder's books, the two that I would most recommend is one that he wrote, first of all, in 1992 called Recapturing the Spirit of Enterprise. Okay. And the second one would be one that just came out last year called The Israel Test, which is really about the place of the entrepreneur or free enterprise in the world economy that we're in today. And he uses Israel as the example of the issues that surround that. But it's it's, it's very inspiring. So I shared a couple of quotes with him. Let me just do that now because I think it's I think it's very instructive to kind of listen to his words because they straight they strike you very different than you would think somebody who's writing about business would say. First, he says, the most striking and paradoxical fact about the careers of successful entrepreneurs is their continual failure and frustration. Progress and achievement are the unpredictable result of individual will and faith, diligence and ingenuity in the face of which all established powers of government must stand in awe. In business as in art, the individual vision prevails over the corporate behemoth. The small company confounds the economists and the entrepreneurs dominate the arena. One, one other thing I want to say, he says, entrepreneurs understand the reality of risk and change. They begin by saving, foregoing consumption, not to create personal security, but to gain the wherewithal for a life of productive risk and opportunity. Their chief desire is not money to waste on consumption, but the freedom and power to consummate their entrepreneurial ideas. So it's, it's very much he moves toward that sense of entrepreneurs as being very spiritually minded, very service oriented, giving first. Yeah, there's a lot 
lot of a personality behind it. Very, very personal. It's not about the business standpoint of it. It's not that in any way, shape or form. It's what you're doing to help people is using your talents, taking those talents and then using it to help others. In, in a way, it's almost he's explaining to you, you have talents, use them. Now use it in a business to make money, but still help people at the same time. Don't have the traditional business sense of it, but you're going to make money off of it. But have that more personal connection with it. Well, the one way to say it, Matt, is that you earn the money in it. In other words, it's not that you get money, you earn it. What you do has worth and value. So one of the things we taught in the seminar, I'll get to it a little later, is that getting paid what you're worth, because I find a lot of people who kind of have, a, a, I guess I'll just say it, some some hangups or blocks about money often will feel bad about charging for what they do. Uh, you'll see a lot of people here who are magnificent practitioners who do wonderful things to heal and help and grow people in this uh, wonderful high consciousness environment. And they kind of, you know, they sort of apologize for what they charge and they say, oh, I have a sliding scale and they kind of have this range. And of course, people always pick the low end of the you know, sliding scale, which means they're kind of often almost in the category of starving artists, even though they're yeah. wonderful because they haven't learned, Matt, to that that every enterprise that is has meaning has an economic foundation. Even Mother Teresa had to raise money, mm -hmm. right, to help the people in Calcutta. Right. So the point is every venture profit, nonprofit or not for profit has an economic structure. You must uh, make it economically viable. That's probably one of the underpinning truths about running a small business. You don't have to rip people off. You can still make money. Just don't rip people off. I think people are so afraid. And I even struggle with this too. I hope my clients aren't listening right now, but I even struggle with this too, because I know what I'm worth and I know what I charge. But at the same time, when you're personally doing it and it's your own personal passion behind it, it can be tough to put a dollar amount on it and to let that ponder in your head, albeit there's absolutely nothing wrong with that in any way, shape or form, but maybe because it is more personal and not so corporate. When you get away from that, you're using your true personal being inside of you. Well, that kind of affects everything then. Well, I think that people who are in an, uh, a big business environment, somebody else is setting the price. So often they just say, well, this is what it costs, right? And in a way, that's almost not a bad thing to do in your own business. You say the appropriate fee for this is $100 an hour or the appropriate fee for this is $50 an hour or the appropriate fee for this is X amount, right? Right. Or I'll do that job or that task for that amount. Understanding that it's always it always could be negotiable, but don't assume that you have to undercut it to begin with. The second thing is, Matt, and you know, I really am going to hit this in session two of Sedona Business Wisdom. Sedona Business Wisdom one, our first session, was really about the path of enterprise. It really was about laying out the path of building and growing a business. But the second one will be really how you how you really grow it, which of course is generating clients, mm -hmm. business development, lead generation, whatever you want to call it. It's going out and finding and asking for business and it's building your tribe. So business people, the more you effectively go out and reach a clientele and a targeted clientele, then the more you're able to charge for your services. One, because you have a lot of people to choose from. If some say no, that's okay, right? If you're overpriced for some, that's okay because there'll be others who say yes. And second of all, if you target what you do, if you target the right people, it's not even a question for them. They understand what you do. They want it very much and they'll pay what you charge. It goes back to something we always seem to talk about. It's just pure mindset. You're going from one mindset, from the way that you're so used to thinking to a completely 180. It's okay. It's, it's a good move in the right direction, but it does take time. It does take some inspiration, but once you get there, 
Man, it's amazing. Let me tell you one of the insights that I had in putting this together. It is about this mindset, but it's also about a mindset that's not just about how you think, it's about what you do. Because what we know about entrepreneurs is they are very action-oriented. Now, they're not all about action. They are about thought and planning and strategy and vision and those kinds of things. But they, they actually have action. So here's a five-step description I gave them about what the path of enterprise is. Here's what entrepreneurs do. One, they think things up. Two, they write things down. Three, they work things out. Four, they see things through. And five, they make things happen. So if we kind of run that, which you, what we realize is that they think, write, work, see, and make things happen, mm. right? So that's enterprise. Now, the reason this is instructive to me is not only it's kind of those those directional words, right? Up, down, out, through, because that that's kind of, you get this feeling of movement, which is enterprise, it's action. But here's what happens. Entrepreneurs probably think more than anybody else. They really are thinkers. They're always looking at how can I do this better? Where is the opportunity? What need is there that needs to be served? How could I do this more cost effectively, more efficiently? How could I get to the right people? They're constantly thinking and figuring things out. So they, they believe a lot in the power of mind and the power of, of, of paying attention to the right things and thinking them through. So they think, well, what's the second thing they do? Well, they write things down. People understand this. Entrepreneurs are writers. Almost all the great entrepreneurs in history have written wonderful autobiographies or books about what, what they do. Now, they may have done it with an author who's even more of a wordsmith, but they're writers. Most of the entrepreneurs I know, they take notes, they make journals, they put down their thoughts, they they draw things. What they do is they take they, they make that creative step from the world of the mind to the world of the physical universe. So it was the old the old line goes thought, word, and deed. In order to get from thought to deed, in other words, thinking something and then doing it, you go through word. You mm -hmm. write it down. That's why the power of written goals, the power of written plans, the power of written marketing materials. Now, in this day and age, the power of blogs yes. and the power of websites. Because as we get good at writing what it is we believe in and think about and describing what it is we do, we become more powerful. So writing, and then the third thing is work things out. What that means is, as Lori loves to say, you know, a plan is just something you put in place and then make a lot of changes too. <laughs> yes. You know, along the way, you have to stay flexible. What that means is you're always working things out. You're seeing how things go. George Gilder talks about the entrepreneur as an experimenter, a learner. That's why the, the, the greatest things they accomplish usually come out of their most difficult times of failure because that's when they really learned both what didn't work and then what would work. So they work things out. And then that final one, other than the last one, which is make things happen, which is, of course, the end result of what entrepreneurs do, but is they see things through. They have perseverance and stamina. They realize that most success comes out of failure. So they don't view things as a failure. They just view things as a learning experience and they, they persist. They stay on the track. They stay on the vision. They make things better. And then ultimately they succeed. Dave, once again, th this happens every single time we do this. Every single time. This sounds so basic. Again, just think things up, write things down, work things out, see things through, make things happen. That's very basic. That's so obvious, I guess. Why is it that we need to be continuously reminded of these very simple basic tasks? Because we tend to complicate things. And the world does this to us, by the way, all the news agencies and the people who want to write the next best-selling book and all the kind of teachers of things in, in an attempt to kind of create their own unique cut at it. They approach some small part of it and make it bigger than it deserves and they complicate it. So we're always faced in the world with more and more complexity about how we should do things. But the truth of things really is 
is in it is always in their simplicity. And it's when you come back to those fundamentals and you say, all right, if I'm going to keep track of what I'm doing, let me get out of the confusion. Let me get out of the complexity and let me remember what the nature of my game is. And the nature is if I think, if I spend more time thinking about, in other words, they call it working on my business rather than in it. If I'm not just caught up in the hurly burly all the time and I take time out to get a bigger view and think about it, be creative. George Gilder says all the time that artists and entrepreneurs are alike. They are creative. And then we realize that all we have to do is start writing our our ideas down, then we can go make them happen. So Matt, it's a great question. I think that it's always better to go back to simple truths. Here's why. We can act on those. Complexity stalls us. Simplicity empowers us. Complexity is fearsome. It's fear-inducing because we assume we don't have an answer. We assume in, we have to understand all this stuff, all this complexity, understand why the world is the way it is, and all this stuff, and economists, and MBAs, and business teachers, and writers on various things about personal growth and development, and all this stuff. We got to go, oh, I got to understand all this before I can go do something. And the answer is no, you really don't have to know all that. You really don't have to wade through all that complexity. There's a simple path to follow. And by the way, don't let all of that complexity create fear for you. Mm. The simple path is the one that that is the one you'll find confidence in. It's obvious. In a way, you feel it. When you go down that path, you feel it and you know it because all that complexity and all that stress goes away because it feels good. It's that basic and almost in a way, you're conscious and your gut being your guide to go in the right direction. Well, it is. That's the one thing to remember is that you have, uh, if we want to talk about complexity, study a little bit of brain neurology, all the research that's being done today about how we think and how complex our our actual physical brain is in the mind, which is really the phenomena that brain creates, how incredibly empowered and deep and rich all of that is. In fact, what I was just reading an article this morning that said that 90 to 95 percent of brain activity is below consciousness. Wow. In other words, they they, they call it the standard complex or something, but it's about what the activity of the brain that is going on, even when you think you're just not thinking about anything, like if you're daydreaming or you're even asleep or meditating or whatever, that there's this activity in the brain. Now, all that means, here's what it means to me. Your brain has more power to process complexity than anything else that exists. So let it be the processor of the complexity and you just hear and listen for its answers. That basic and that simple. It is. It's inside of us. We don't have to go it's too inside far. Of us. You don't have to go too far to find the answers. It's within us. It is. And I would say, interestingly, that that is probably the heart of Sedona business wisdom, that you go inside before you go outside, that you get in touch with your own motives and feelings and emotions and desires. You know, it's it's like Ken Robinson's book, The Element. He says, you're in your element when you're doing what you love and you're doing what you do best. So you're always in tune with yourself of what are my inherently great skills. Now, by the way, they may be inherent because I've developed them early in my life, but what are my greatest skills and abilities? And then what is it that most rewards me when I'm involved in it and I'm doing it? And when you can get those two coming close together, then then you're in the right enterprise. You're on the right path. What I'd like to close on is uh, one final quote from George Gilder's book, The Spirit of Enterprise. He says on the last page, defiant, tenacious, and creative, entrepreneurs continue to solve the problems of the world even faster than the world can create them. They provide the highest testimony to the mysterious strength of the human spirit. They embody the triumph of the spirit of enterprise. 
Dave, as always, such great information. Thank you so much for taking time to chat with us. You know, you, you at home, if you have any specific questions, you're more than welcome to ask Dave your question. Uh, Dave, what's your email address where people can reach you? It's Dave at Free Enterprise Warriors. Com. And by the way, Dave is going to be going on a 30-city tour, the Fearless Living Tour, throughout the year. Make sure to visit FreeEnterpriseWarriors.com to find links and information to where you can go see Dave live and get all this information in person. It's going to be a lot of fun this year. Dave, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. You can find more about me and chat with me, your mighty host. I can be stalked on Facebook and Twitter. Find those links at my blog, MattHayes.com. Previous episodes of Warrior Talk, many of them are available, full of great information of what we just talked about online 24-7 at the website, freeenterprisewarriors.com. We'll be back again this time next week with another great show. In the meantime, be fearless, my friends. Have a great week. I'm Matt Hayes. Onward.